might not think you're equipped for what God does. He equips you for the work. He and so Moses said to God, God, really, I'm paraphrasing, really, you're gonna send me? You know I don't I don't talk good, God. I, I don't say these things right, God. I, I I can't even talk, I stutter. And God sent them to Moses and, and so he said, I'm gonna send you to Pharaoh, and he said to Moses, when Moses said, Who am I going to tell him sent me? See, Moses knew who God was. But at that time, a whole lot of them didn't understand or know who God really was. They had all kinds of idols going on. Kind of like today. All kinds of things were going on in their lives that they, they thought were higher than or more important than or had the ability to fix whatever was wrong and they didn't recognize the true God. So God had to tell Moses this. Let's go to Exodus 3. I'm going to start with the 13th verse first. Then Moses said to God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors sent me, then the people will ask, what is his name? What shall I tell them? He says, God says to Moses, now, he, the first, I, let, let me go back, but I, I skipped this part. This first part starts with the Israelites, because they, who are God's people, didn't even recognize God. And then he has to say this to the king. So he's talking to the people first, so they will line up and get ready to go into the promised land. I hear God saying that he will always talk to you first before he starts moving you. He'll bring to you a meeting, a person, a word, a deed that will help you go to the next level if you trust him. Okay, Israelites didn't trust him. So, as I just read, this is Exodus 3.13. The people asked, what is his name? So they had to know who he was. They wanted to know who he was. They were thinking a man on earth. That's why they really asked that. What was his name? They weren't thinking God, the Almighty. They were thinking there must be somebody on earth. There, we have kings. Kings are the ones that give us order and tell us what to do. This must, what man is he? So what is his name? And Moses answers, uh, God says to Moses that he should tell them, I am who I am. This is Exodus 3.14. And he said this to the people of Israel. I am, this is Moses, I am has sent me to you. And then he says, Jehovah is the most sacred and reverend name of God in, in the Hebrew Bible. In 14, then God says to Moses, tell them I am who I am. When you go to the Israelites, tell them I am sent me to you. And God said, tell the Israelites that you were sent by, and I started off explaining this to you, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors. See, they knew that name. This is the name that they accepted long before Moses started talking about the true God. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Now, that made them understand who he was talking about because Isaac, Jacob, and Abraham were the forefathers that this group of people, the Israelites, would recognize as their heads, their, 
those that they follow, those who were God-like. This will always be my name. It is how I want the people to remember me from now on, which is why we're giving you, this is God talking, giving you this sign. We have to remember the names of God because it's important. I also mentioned last week, I've got come on back to I want to, because you just said, so the reason for this understanding the characteristics of God, and you're mentioning all these names, so if I really want to get to know who God is, I have to understand some of God's names and how he's seen in, in, in operation. Yeah, exactly. yes, we're all right okay. so, so we're studying these so that, I, I mentioned this last week, remember we're doing a summary based on, not last week, week before last week, we're doing a summary on, on what we, how we started. The reason for this is that God has many names. Doesn't mean that he's many different people. The names are his characteristics and, and, and the way he operates. Okay, so it's important to know these. One of the things we talk about in our women's ministry, we're talking about prayer, is that it is important a lot of times when you start talking to God and what you need, want, desire from him, if you can recognize the characteristics you need to be in operation, for that. That does not mean that you don't talk to him just because he is God. So, so, so I, I just got born again yesterday. Yes, sir. And so just I'm new to this yeah. thing and I'm really hearing I'm, I'm hearing about this Jesus. So talking about getting to know that's the name I did hear about. Yeah. So if I get to know who Jesus is, I get to know him and all those other attributes of other You most certainly will. Now let me back up and talk about this too the other week. Let's talk about that. Because it's important for people who are newly Maybe you're not even, you haven't given yourself the life of Christ yet, and you just want to know. Because everybody talks about this Jesus, and all of this is, let me say this to you, about Jesus. From start to finish, from Genesis to Revelation. We talked about this last week. Jesus is God. Now, I, we kind of proved this to everybody, I'm sure, last time, so did John. The book of John. I brought up the Bible with me tonight, so I'm going to read it again. Let's go to the book of John, John 1 1. And I'm going to read this. I don't want to, I don't want to miss any of these words that are really important in your understanding. And I'm, give me a minute, y'all, because I need to do this on my phone because I didn't, I brought another kind of Bible with me tonight. That is not. It's up on the screen. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I have the International Bible in front of me. And it says, John, everybody got I had the opportunity to get your Bible now. John 1, begin the first verse. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And He was in the very beginning. Everybody with me with that? Okay, any questions about that? Okay, so we know that the Word, Jesus has been called the Word of God. Am I right? Any questions about that? So, for you people who are analytical and want to read, if Jesus' name is the Word, and what we just read, that the Word not only was with God, but was God, that would make Jesus God. Come on, y'all, I need to hear in sanctuary. You want to question that? No? Okay. Thereby, 
The same name. Come on, Pastor. He's going to let me get through this. Come on, I know that. I love Because it couldn't 
Nothing else could have done what Jesus did for us without having come as a deity into the flesh. Why? Otherwise, so I don't quite get that. So this is not quite what I had in mind to say, but this is so good. I'm, I'm loving this. The truth is, as a deity, God knew, Jesus knew, that he wanted us to be reunited with him because of the sin that took place back in Genesis. I'll go all over the Bible read that for you in a minute. And then he knew that in order to do that, and for us, he knows what it takes for us to believe. Every one of us, individually. He knows what your thoughts are before you think them. He knows what your actions are, no matter where you are. And he also knows what your, how your heart is, okay? So he knows what it will take to get you to the place of being saved. Or what the word is that most people don't talk about is reconciling. To bring you back to him in the relationship he established in Genesis. Go ahead, I'm going to let you ask this question. Yeah, if I'm a new believer, um, if I'm starting in the Gospel of Matthew and it um, talks about the uh, birth of Christ and it says Emmanuel, what, what, what would be the translation if I'm very new to the Bible? Um, Emmanuel means God with us. And so that's every, uh, let me go back again. Y'all help me out here. When we talked about this last time, we named several of his names. So I'm just going to name a few. There are like 35 of the names that we that we work with in the Bible. But I'm going to name a few. And I'm going to name a few that probably are very familiar to you. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi, the word, it means victorious one. We say banner, which means that he's victorious in, in all the heavens and all the earth. Over us and for us. That's Jehovah Nisi. That's God. That's Jesus. Now we know the victory came when Jesus was crucified, died, and rose again. The victory came in his right. Okay. Then we have we have Jehovah Rapha. The word means healer. That means God who heals. Then we have Jehovah Jireh. Jireh means to provide. That's Jehovah Jireh is God who provides. Then we have Elohim. Elohim means God, mighty God. Oh, God Almighty. There's two names that are interchangeable with that. We're going to talk about that in general. Uh, let me see. What other name I want to give you? El Shaddai. Everybody loves El Shaddai. He's the glorious God. So I, I'm just naming a few because I really want to name some of these later on in the book. He, these are all names of the things of the characteristics that he is, the things he does, for those who may not know characteristics, the things he does for us or what he represents to us, those are the same person. Now let me share this with you. Pastor mentioned something a minute ago that made me think of an example he gave years ago that is perfect because for people who are new to being saved, this thing can sometimes make you feel like you get twisted up. That's not God. I want you to know. He's not trying to lead you into uh, guesswork. It's, it's his desire to make all the mysteries known to you. I do do that's what the word says. So don't you don't you think it's God trying to trick you or test you and see if you can figure it out. You don't have to figure it out. It's already figured out for you. So there's an egg. This is kind of the perfect example that I love. There's an egg. We all know egg has three parts. 
got an outer shell with your card. It has this little white film in it, right? And then it has the yolk. Can you take any part of that egg and call it anything different than the egg? It's part of the egg. And it's all mixed up the egg. Three separate parts. And they each have, all three parts, have three separate properties or jobs to do. But it, it all makes one egg. The shell covers it all. Jehovah. Then we have that little film in the center. So the white stuff that's on the egg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guess what that is? Come on, y'all. Y'all in this audience now. Y'all ask me questions? I'm asking questions. What's that little film? You don't know? Anybody else? He, he said you don't know. Egg white. Oh, it's called the egg white. But what, what part of that would you relate to the triune God? And then you got the yolk. It's not about Thank you, Jesus. But it's all about God. It's all about God. I just want to give you that example because I remember when I was young and couldn't quite figure this thing out. And it that just simplified one part, one God, three parts. We call it triune. That word is not in the Bible. But it means three parts. One God, three parts. Each has its own responsibilities, but they're all one. Okay? All right, so I wasn't really going there initially, but okay, you got me off track a little bit, so. But anyway, so we have all these names, these characteristics that we're talking about, and they're important to know because at any given period in your life, when you're getting to know God, remember this whole series is about getting to know God. When you're getting to know God and you have a need or want or desire or just communication, when we're praying, I was teaching this in the women's ministry, it is good to be able to pray and talk to the characteristics that particularly that you might be in need of right at that time. You can always talk to Jehovah. Let me go back to that process. That characteristic is the number one. He's the mighty God. That, to me, sums it all up perfectly. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Patrick makes me all excited. Can so I, I, I share something like on. that you just showed me what I just seen? And if you look at that demonstration of the egg, the outer shell, which is God, yeah. holds everything together. Holds everything in the center, which is the yoke, the word is in the middle. Yeah. You know, so if the shell is cracked, everything else is not together. You know, and, and that's why it's important for us to have that first firm foundation in God, the word through the Holy Spirit and God, the shell that holds everything together. We spoke about alignment today. And in order for us to be in alignment with God, we have to know those attributes. Because if you're not in alignment with God, just like if you're not, if your car is not aligned, you're gonna, it's gonna veer in the wrong direction. So we gotta know those attributes in order to call it 
for what you need because you can have the keys, but if you don't know what door it opens, the keys are useless. And the key to what you just said is you gotta know. You can't do any of this well. Only thing you can do any of it is God gives us the ability to do things, but you can't do any of this well unless you get to know God for Himself, for yourself. So I, I need to skip up a little bit because I really want to get to this piece, family, about what God gave me tonight to talk about because it, it, it's really very relevant right now and it is a reference to Jehovah. And this is, I hope this is going to lift a lot of conversation. Our title for tonight is Unearned Privilege. So Exodus 15 and 3, I'm going to read that to you just a minute. I'm going to talk to you about this unearned privilege. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. And then Psalms 24 and 7, 9, 7 through 9 says, let me go back. I want everybody to get that scripture. Exodus 15, 3. Exodus 15, 3. Amber alert. Okay. And when somebody, there's something sorry about that we need to know. So, all right, Exodus 15, 3, and then Psalms 24, 7, 9. 15, 3 says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Just a little history about that. This is a time where Israel, the Israelites were singing about God. They were singing about his attributes and his power and his authority, okay? Psalms 24, 7, 9 says, lift up your heads. O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. In that very scripture it says, who is the King of glory? And the answer is, the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Keep that in mind as I tell you something. So I was listening to, which I do all the time, Sirius Radio, Sirius Radio. This is to Urban View a lot. Because I like to hear about current affairs, people going on with people, that is and all that. There is a commentator on there by the name of Sharon, I'm sorry, Karen Hunter, Hoffman. And in her show today, they were talking about unearned privilege and that people today experience what they experience, the mindsets of those who experience unearned privilege the mindset they have in the direction and correlation to how they view and respond to other people of difference in our society. The conversation was referring to people of different races, different ages, different groups, different educational levels, different environmental exposure. For example, for many years in our country, uh, unearned privilege was, was really directed to people, our, our brothers and sisters who were Caucasian. We thought that, that you know, that they had unearned privileged attitudes. But this conversation today wasn't about that. It wasn't about race so much as people today who feel they have privileges that they didn't earn. That just because. Um, and so um, this belief has kind of aided society in the practices of looking down at other people, at, at criticizing other people, no matter race, age, none of that matters. 
in today's world that has a lot to do with them not uh, people not understanding the plight of arising from struggle to overcoming. They don't they don't get that. There's, we have honestly gotten to a society now where there's so much that's plentiful that people don't recognize the struggle. And when they see others, again, has nothing to do with in this conversation. You see others who are struggling. They, they they can't comprehend. They don't quite get it that people are still struggling. Food shortages, money, homes, mental illness, all those struggles and those who have never experienced it. And then today we have living in a society that's living in plentiful. But they don't get those who are not. So in the 20th century, the mindset is that we've adopted um, this feeling of privilege that we today didn't earn as much. Those in years gone by, no matter the race, no matter the, the, the culture, had to put in some work for it. That made me start thinking that we in the body of Christ have some privileges that we did not earn. And unlike the society today with the privileges, the unearned privilege attitude, the privilege, the fact that we have privileges doesn't make us look down our nose at people, but lets us put a hand down to lift people up. Because we understand what it means to have the privilege of a God who's called Jehovah, and tonight I'm gonna to call it Jehovah Gabor, who is the strong one and is able to provide to us privileges that only he can give. Okay, we can, we can, and we're going to go to some scriptures on this. So, so Je Je Jehovah Gabor, it, it means, Gabor means strong one. It's also known, the name is also known as El Gabor. So, they're interchangeable. They both mean the same thing. El Gabor means mighty one. Same thing. Mighty one, strong one, talking about the same God. It's used in the context of God fighting on behalf of his people. And not just fighting them, because there's a whole lot of fighting going on, ain't nobody winning them. God fighting and delivering his people from their enemies. So we can go back to Exodus, and we can see in Exodus, we can go back to Exodus 15, where the Israelites had to be delivered out of the hands of Pharaoh. Nothing they did gave them the strength, power, knowledge to be able to release from Pharaoh. It took uh, uh, Jehovah Gabor to have enough might to come in and deliver his people. He said, plagues. Everybody knows this story. Children know these stories. He said, Plague after plague after plague, so that the king would understand to let them go. Man didn't do that. Nobody could conjure up. And let me explain to you during those times, there were prophets at that time who pretended to have some power. None of them matched the power of Jehovah Kabul. We have a question. Okay, come on. Question said, 
how do I know if something isn't of God? First thing is, if you read your word, the word gives great instruction. If it does not line up with something you find in this Bible, you can bet that it ain't God, because he never changes. What he means for you, what he said for you, what he's done for you, and the direction he has for you, is set. The word says that you that God knew you before you were formed in, in your mother's womb. And that what that means is that he knew exactly what you needed when you came on this side of the earth, where you would need to go, where you would need to be, how you should need, how you should get to that, and he destined you to go and be prosperous in it. So he knows all about you. Now the one thing we have to understand, and I said I was going to go back there to Genesis, in Genesis, we had a, a garden of Eden. Yes. And in that garden, everything we needed was there. Everything. So we didn't have to do any work. God had done it all. Not only was everything we needed there, so was God's presence. And so whenever God's presence is, is your, or you're in God's presence, you do get all you need. So we didn't start off that way. Needing to find out how to do some things. Because God had already done this for us. But then it came along. Genesis 1. Pastor teaches this a lot. We got two perfect scriptures in the whole Bible. Which means that there was no sin. Is what he's saying to you. And then there came the fall. In Genesis 3. The fall for those who may not know what that means is. That's when Adam and Eve did just what God told them not to do. Or he told Adam. He didn't really tell Eve, but but she was there and she did it. Okay? And so, so and that has made us have to now seek God to get back into the place where all he had already given to us before he brought us into the earth. We have to now do some things to get that meaning. We have to give up the sin life. And take ourselves back or reconnect to God to get all that He's already promised us. I'm hoping I'm answering your question. So that's the reason for needing to go back to the Word, the Bible, so that you will see what for yourself what it is God is saying about knowing which direction to go in, how to apply it to your life, and how to stay away from some things. See the Word complete. Like Jesus completes, it not only gives you direction, not only gives you life, not only gives you prosperity, it also will give you warning. So you can find all you need in the Word. Now, I know it's harder when you have to study the Bible a lot. Don't worry about that. What all God wants you to do is seek Him, and He shall be found. And all what that means is, that if you have a desire to find out what God is saying, he said, I'm going to reveal it to you because you have that desire to find out. Elder, can I add something also? Sure you can. Because you spoke about going to Genesis 3. Mm -hmm. And what we realize in Genesis is that the enemy knows our weaknesses also. Yes, he does. And he will use 
even the goodness that we have in our heart to do the right thing, pastors say this often, everything that's good ain't God. And the enemy will use that. We've seen that. He used it, tried to use that against Jesus when he was in, in the garden. And we can, if we reflect on our own life, there's some things that's presented to us that seem good, but it's not God. Because most of the time what happens is if it takes you off the path that you're going in the direction that God has already set in place, even if it moves you an inch away, if you keep moving an inch away going forward, you're going to be further and further away from the, the path that God has called you to. So I want to add something to what you just said, which is going forward. And again, I always think about what happened to me when I was uh, when I was trying to learn about God. And that is when we are seeking God often, I'm just for somebody out there. When we're seeking God, often we don't know where we should go or what we should do. And it can be a little confusing for us at times. First, I'm going to encourage you not to stop seeking Him. Because the more you seek him, the more you get to know him, the more you understand where you're going to go or where you need to go. Don't stop reading the word because it, you feel like you're being confounded. God will make it plain to you. The Holy Spirit will make it plain to you. Don't stop. But know that as a human being, he understands that you in your physical mind may not get complete comprehension. But that's not what you need. What you need is in your heart or your spirit that you may understand and comprehend. God says very clearly that he, his word confounds even the wise. That doesn't mean the wise in him. That means those who are walking in the flesh in the wise. Smart men, intelligent, educated people don't always comprehend. The word says that God has hidden understanding from them who are not believers, but he's given to us who are believers the ability to understand and to receive. He needs exposed. I'm paraphrasing for this so everybody will understand. So that so don't stop seeking him. If you're seeking him, he's going to make it plain to you. But don't you, and don't get overly concerned that you may not be getting it right away. The other thing is God already understands the process and the plan he has for you, the word said that his plans for you are to bring you into good, not evil. If it feels evil, if it looks evil, then you know it's not God. I just want to make a comment. You've all the names that we have been talking about tonight, about God and all his names, that is really his moral character. So if those character characteristics he is trying to instill in us. Mm -hmm. And Satan's job, of course, is to break that that chain of those character uh, things that we have going on in our life. If I'm a new if I'm a new believer, how do I navigate around all those things? Uh, I'm gonna give you the same answer. Because this answer don't change. Okay. The truth is it's the word. Only the word, listen, folks, let me tell you something. See, the enemy wants to make you think that, that it seems it's complicated. It's not. It really is not. It's real simple. Come on, Pastor. 
So I think one of the things is, is and the question was, how do I know the question from the, the uh, that came from the person uh, online to ascertain, hey, how do I know what's for me and what's not? And so again, getting to know who Jesus is and understanding some of the characteristics, you'll understand what is and what should not be. Uh, and when you talk about Genesis, Genesis brought two things happen. I know people talk about an apple, but you know it really wasn't a piece of fruit. It brought order and disorder. Yes, sir. And his eyes were open. Their eyes were open. So evil now appeared. Because they are all wrong, but they could participate in it. But once the covering of what was the disobedience was in place, they now could see evil as well. So they were, you know, they see both good and evil. Yes, the problem is man himself. Can't handle evil. That's good, right there. That's good. So this is going up right around, in which we were not accustomed That's to. Right. It really was not designed for. That's right. But yet now we deal with it. And so darkness and light always uh, uh, exist. And so when you need to know if something is for you and not for you, one of the things I discovered is that when light shows up, darkness has to go. It flees, right? But when darkness shows up, it can't just, it can't alter and move light out. Can it? it can make it dimmer, but it can't move light out. It doesn't have that power. So there's some things you'll start to determine when something's for you or whether something is not for you. And then there's some things just in life that we as humans, we just want. That's right. You know, I had a whole lot of things in my life that I just wanted. I wanted so bad. You know, I went out of my way to get it. And then when I got them, I realized they weren't worth it. <laughs> so I, I just want to, I want to, no, um, based no, on what you said, I, I, well, right while he's there, now, because I got some more stuff, but, but I wanted just to help that person understand, God speaks, and you have to take things in life and weigh them out, and what happens is most times we don't take the time to do that, so according to the scriptures, if I'm going to be able to hear the word or even obey the word, you know, whether something or not is does it help me? Does it help the kingdom? Or is it just my personal pleasure or my own desire? I'm gonna ask that to the Yeah, and, and no, so these are things so when it's just if it's if it helps, if it can help me and help the kingdom, then it's it's of God. If it only helps me and could hurt someone else or destroy it, then I would say it's not of God. That's good. But then there's other things that are just pure evil. That's true. And they, they have no bearings to help or grow. You can, but you, you take the time to weigh them out. You find out that this is for me, this is not. And there's just some things that just because of our eyes, we see it, we want it. That's right. They had access, one more piece, they had access to everything in the garden. Mm -hmm. The one thing that he said, don't touch, <laughs> where the eyes they had access to everything else. Nothing was off limits to them. But instead of obeying, they disobeyed, which changed the whole course of life. So, I, I, Pastor, you take me to a whole nother program. I'm going to say this, but remember, while we're talking about this, we're still talking about Je Jehovah, the characters of Jehovah. And it's important to know that this great, mighty God was, is the one that created all of what we're talking about. He's the one that was in the garden, He's the one that created the garden. He's the one that created everything in the garden. He's the one that created Adam and Eve. He's the one, the Jehovah, who created. Okay, uh, let me go back. We, we said Genesis. 
I'm going to try to quickly read. God, I'm starting at chapter at Genesis 1, verse 3. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Just understand this. There was no light before he said that. Only God could create light. But that also means there was darkness. We get afraid of the darkness. That's a whole nother subject. Jesus, I, I, just, I could feel it coming up, okay? But, but, but we have to understand God created light while there was darkness. So both of them belong to God. Not just the light, both of them. He wasn't afraid of the darkness. He worked in the darkness. He, it, that was God in the darkness. So, so for somebody out there, I, I just feel the word coming up with it. Darkness is equated in this world, in this world all the time to us not knowing. We, you know, we use that that term. I mean, the, I'm in the darkness. I'm in the dark about something. Meaning, I don't know what I'm going to say. It is not God who doesn't want you to understand. And it's not God who keeps you in, in not understanding. Being in the darkness sometimes is just a place where you need to be to see his light. Okay? All right. All right, so, and so God saw, saw I'm in Genesis 1, 4 now. And God saw the light and that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. That's purposeful. I, I can't, I don't want to, this is not a study by Genesis. need you to understand that none of us have ever been able to divide the light from the darkness. All we could do is become part of the light that when we walk into a room dispels the darkness. We can't destroy it. It's still darkness around us. Pastor was talking about the evilness that we see. That's what made me think of that. The evilness that's in this world. We equate the darkness with evilness. And, and, you know, it's understandable a lot of times because we, when we walk, human flesh walk into a dark room, we can't see. But the truth is, if, we're, if we remain in God and we listen, I, oh, God, now I'm hearing something else here today, but you know, if, we, if we remain in God and, and we listen, when we walk into a dark place or get into a dark situation, then we will hear or see the light that is God that will show us some things. Pastor said very clearly, and I appreciate the saying is that, but sometimes we move too fast. But sometimes we just have to slow the roll down a little bit and wait to see or hear from God or get the understanding from the words that we understand. Okay, let's go. I, I don't have a lot of time. If the text took me somewhere, and I'm now I'm all excited about some stuff. So, so let me say this to you. Jehovah Gabor is mighty. You don't have to be afraid of darkness. He's the mighty God and the one who fights your battles. If you feel like you're in darkness right now, know that Jehovah Gabor fights for you. You can't see your way. He's the battle axe for you. Okay? That's the name we're talking about tonight. He can do this for you. No, uh, Psalms 83 18. Says that know that God is the most powerful entity and has sweat <laughs> over the earth. I love that term. I love it. I'm, when I was growing up, we used the term uh, that people had sweat. Okay. I don't know if y'all know about that. You know I'm a little mature. Okay. 
But 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 when you say sway, wow. Let me give you the definition so you understand. Sway means to move or to cause movement to move slowly back and forth from side to side. You know how you sway and you listen to music? But put that in reference to Jehovah Gabor, who fights for all of us simultaneously across the earth with over 6 billion people moving across the earth for each of us, fighting each of our battles. That means that he, he don't have to rush to do it. Sway means to move back and forth. And I'm going to add the word rhythmically. That means he has a pace to this. So we have to talk about we need to, you know, slow down. Take your time. God will move on your behalf. He may not come all the time when you walk. Everybody's heard that. But he surely is always on time. All time. The other part of this is we have to understand that because he has sway, or he moves with sway, his purpose is in bringing us out of the trouble. This is Jehovah Kabor. It's to glorify himself. Now that sounds a little egotistical for people who don't love God. But the glorification of God is that you will understand you have a God that is Jehovah. I don't know if you, you, you get that. And he is a God who's everywhere, all the time, can do all things, and never fail. It glorifies him to be able to, you to be able to trust in that. In, in, in 1 Samuel 17, 45 and 17, David asked with trust in God to go to the giant, Goliath. I'm about almost out of time. Okay, I got six minutes. This is a battle that everybody in the, in the place of is going to lose. A little boy with a rock and a sled, with a man who's probably almost nine feet tall, and was built and was killing people and scaring warriors. No way in the world was he supposed to win. Not by earthly reason. But by Jehovah Gabor's reason. Because David trusted the God who can do all things but fail and is the word for him. He said, God go before me, slung the rock, and he fell. One sling. One hit. He had to sling a whole lot. I watched the movie the other night and they slung it. He slung it twice. I'm like, it's not been worth that he slung it twice. One time, not to the ground. Now, that's God. That's Jehovah. So, as I close, I want to say this. That's not only Jehovah God at that time. That's Jesus in our time. Jesus, Jehovah, the greatest victory ever was he got over death. Yes, he lived this earth so that he could testify that he knows everything we go through. Every pain, every ache, every problem, every situation, every trial and every tribulation. He don't just know it because he knew it before he got here. He has lived through it. But that wasn't the end, which makes him God Almighty. He not only lived through this and then went through the punishment for living through it, he died Meaning he closed his eyes 
Breath came out of the breath that is earth breath came out of his body. He went into a place that we call hell, the word says it, and then he came back up with the victory. That he could prove that he was Jehovah Gabor. He fought the biggest battle ever. And that was over six. We can talk some more about that on another time. Come on, you know, there's a lot to talk about. I thank you for being with us tonight. I thank you for listening. I pray that you ask more questions. There's a lot we'd like to share with you. You heard my pastor earlier, both of them actually. And uh, and then we had our other pastor in the house and some other people. No questions too small or too big. Ask your questions. Come in and fellowship with us. We welcome you to Faith Harvest Worship Center. And we want you to know that everything here is free. We're a community that likes to teach and give. We want to give the word of God, teach about God, that you may be a better you. Amen? Please come back on in next Wednesday at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock we'll have 7, I'm sorry, we won't have table talk next week. At 7 o'clock, come on in, visit with us. We're here on, Wednesday, on Sundays at 10.30. Come on in, hear the word of God that will change your life and transform your thinking. May God bless you. May God keep you, may God cover you, and may you remember Jehovah Gabor.